Hello and welcome to episode 91 of the Owls AmeriCast, sponsored by Sheffield Wednesday. I follow live match streaming service. Sign up now at swfc.co.uk slash I follow for football once, twice, or maybe three times a week. <laughs> Today on the line, we've got Patrick in Secaucus. Patty, what are you drinking today? Good evening, Evan. Um, I'm drinking Stella Artois. Uh, I, with no beer snobs on the podcast, I've just gone loose and got a Stella. So, fuck them. I thought you were about to read the label to us the way you, uh, you looked longingly at your bottle. Um, I'm, I'm curious. What does it say on there? It says, uh, cheap, decent lager. Get it down your neck. How about that? Also on the line, Tommy in Charleston, South Carolina. Char- Charles, how about I call you Charles? Tommy, how you doing tonight, man? What, hey, what are you whichever. drinking? Tommyston, uh, South Carolina, I guess. It's fine. It's- <laughs> you drinking on anything tonight, buddy? I am. I'm having a Wicked Weed Napoleon Complex. Cool. What's that? Uh, tell us about that. That is a super hoppy IPA. Uh uh, it's a 7.1, which is absolutely necessary considering the last few results we've had. I've been drinking these day and night. <laughs> Good for you, my man. I'm Evan in Ohio, and I'm drinking an Ernest Brewerks Beer Pressure. It is a New England IPA. Ernest is up in Toledo, actually really close to, to my head office for my full-time job. Um, the beer pressure is double dry hopped and whirlpooled with loads of Amarillo, Citra, and Mosaic hops. Beer pressure showcases notes of grapefruit, mango, and berries. A sweeter finish and low bitterness enhances the juicy mouthfeel of each sip. How big this fucking can? It's actually pretty big. It's got an essay. Uh, there's one more sentence if you don't mind. No. Uh, it says this beer pair- pairs well. With a wide range of food like burgers, ham <laughs> sandwiches, and mild cheddar cheese. Apparently, Evan is sponsored by beer. <laughs> well, those sponsorship efforts fell through, if you remember his Budweiser attempts a few uh, months ago. Yikes. Well, if you're not in a bad mood yet, you probably <laughs> sh- should be before this podcast starts. Uh, let me help by reminding you that Leeds are fighting for automatic promotion and... Sheffield United are fighting for a Champions League spot. In this podcast, we will be talking about two great exhilarating matchups between Wednesday and Barnsley and Wednesday and Luton. We'll talk about our thoughts on the current state of the squad, and we'll have a Reading preview. But first, it's 90 and 90, which I will do my best on in Jeff's absence. First, it was Wednesday taking on Barnsley, who are now in the last spot in the table thanks to the generosity we showed toward Luton. Obviously, this would be a walk in the park as Barnsley had surrendered the second most goals in the league this season, and a walk in the park it seemed to be as newcomer Josh Windass scored in the 16th minute of what was basically a broken play. And that, with that, the Owls are off to the races. And of course, by what I mean or when I say off to the races, I mean a race to see who could take a shit on the pitch first. And Wednesday surely won that just seven minutes later when Cameron Dawson cleared the ball, and I used it from clear lightly, 20 yards and found Barnsley's number nine, who lobbed an equalizer neatly into the net. At least we're playing a lousy opponent, right? That's exactly what Barnsley said as they held on for a 1-1 draw. (laughs) We carried our generous spirit into our next match as we gave up a penalty after just 15 seconds into Luton. But the Hatters returned the favor and blasted the six-yard shot 100 miles per hour right off the bar and into the stands. A few minutes later, Wednesday added a second tally in the generosity column as they left Luton's Izzy Brown wide open five yards in front of the goal, but the Chelsea Loney kindly put it three feet wide to leave the score even at zero. This did not make Dom Iorfa very happy as he basically wrapped the ball up and gifted it to the Luton defense 20 yards out, and they had no choice but to knock it home for the 1-0 lead. Of course, we did not go on to score against the club that's given up the most goals in the championship this season, falling 1-0 on the road and continuing our abysmal run of form. 
So how about some talking points? Patrick, we'll start with you. And you would like to talk about the defense. Uh, yeah, or lack thereof. So um, we saw in not just the last two games, uh, but I think it's a kind of microcosm of the last nine games, how quickly our defense uh, is falling to pieces. Um, and for the last two games, I'm going to lay the blame at Mr. Tom Lees' feet, who seems to be a regular punching bag for me at the moment. Um, but I'm also going to lay a bit of the blame at Gary Monk as well for picking Lees in the first place. Um, I feel like putting Lees back at centre-half has destabilised us even more than we would have stabilised before he was uh, playing the game. Uh, Ayofa does not look um, comfortable at all on the right-back. Um, even Burner had a terrible game against Luton, unable to pick out a pass from five yards to his nearest player. Um, I'm not blaming Leeds for those two bad performances, but I just feel like inserting them, in, inserting Leeds into that back four has somehow upset the relatively solid formation of Ayoff and Burner centre half. Um, the one of my biggest like annoyances of this of this defensive threesome at the moment, especially in Luton, is just the complete inability of clearing a ball or passing to the midfield. Simple five-yard passes are going behind them, going out, out of play. It's not. It's, it's where our attack should start, and they're not because they're going out of play or they're going behind a player. And it's just ridiculous to see. Then you've got all the errors they're making. So Ayafa has forgotten how to control the ball. Uh, he just, as soon as it goes anywhere near his feet, he can, kind of juggles it, and it kind of bounces 10 yards in front of him. He has to chase to get it back. Um, they always, none of them seem to know where the other one is. So there's instances where they're running into each other, they're not covering each other's backs. The, uh, the, the attack are just kind of picking holes in us, and it's just bouncing off our legs and going through them. It doesn't seem like there's any organization back there at all. Uh, and that brings me back to the point of Tom Lees. He's supposed to be our leader. He's supposed to be our captain. He should be organising that back four if he's back there. If he's not, it's better without him. Um, and I, I can't see why Rick Monk's still trying to uh, persist with starting him. Because he's, he's just lost it. He's completely lost it. So I think well, you made a lot of good points. You made almost all the points about the defense. Um, one thing I noticed, or I have noticed throughout the course of the season, is that um, when Westwood is in the match as the goalkeeper, uh, we seem to be a little more organized. He's way more vocal, uh, and, and the, the defense seems to just get on well with him. And I'm not saying necessarily that he is he should be the number one because of that. I think, I think Dawson... He's got the long-term deal now, and a few weeks ago I, I suggested he could be the goalkeeper of the future, and I still think he could be. But I think with him in the match, we lack a little bit of organization and leadership from the goalkeeper position, which means, first of all, I think you're absolutely right in that we need someone to speak up, and Lee's is supposed to be that leader, and he hasn't been. But it also means that we just don't have anyone right now that has stepped up and, and that has taken on that leadership role that hopefully Dawson learns at some point. Well, I'm sure that Dawson will learn it. It's a matter of the fact that he's so junior. It's, you know, we, we forget the, I mean, he's, he's still a young adult. He certainly doesn't have the, doesn't have the chops that Westwood does. And perhaps the defense is not responding to him as they would with a Westwood. And I don't know if any of us know why Westwood is is out of the starting eleven. It seems like uh, well, he made a few mistakes, didn't he? So Westwood, I don't think has been as good at uh, most of the goalkeeping uh, needs that we need. So his shot stopping and his catching of crosses was really poor this season, which was not liking at all. But he still did the defense in front of him still was better than it has been in front of Dawson. But Dawson had a good period. Cause we, we spoke about this on the podcast towards the end of the year where the defence did seem to be more organised. And I'm not necessarily sure you can lay entirely to blame on Dawson. Um, 
I just feel like there's a complete lack of confidence uh, in that back five of the keeper and the, and the four. And we have all kind of we have kind of we've missed Morgan Fox at times. We haven't had Palmer Fox, Ayoffa, and Burner at the back for a while now as the, as the back four because one of them's been injured at some point or the one's been dropped out. And when we had that back four of Palmer Fox, Burner, and Ayoffa, we were pretty good with Dawson in the back. Um, so I think a lot of chopping, a lot of injuries has really destabilised it and the lack of depth we've got at the back has really affected us in the last um, nine games. Yeah, I want to make sure it's clear that that I'm not suggesting Dawson shouldn't, shouldn't be starting matches. Um, I guess my point, which wasn't well made, is that we don't have a clear leader in the back to fill in the gap that, that is left by... Dawson being in there rather than than Westwood and and Tommy like you said his I guess veteran leadership that that Dawson hasn't grown into yet uh, we need someone to step up and and I mean Burner who he he's generally a great uh, a great center back uh, didn't play well whatsoever Wednesday but who else did um, I just I don't know who can who can step up leadership wise on our current roster. Uh, to to fill that gap and and to see some more organization, unless you're dropping five to the back and you put Hutch there. Yeah, I I think um, I, it's a point I wanted to make later on, but Hutchinson being missing in front of that back four has also coincided with us being so lax on it, and and maybe it's the fact when there's, they haven't got that defensive midfielder in front of them to kind of distribute the ball. We're relying on Tom Lee's burner and I offer a lot more to do that distribution, and they're just not good at it. As simple. Or as you're that. also waiting on Joey Palapesi to get back. <laughs> or just find where he is on the pitch because no one ever knows where well, he is. Yeah, yeah po- point well taken. Defense is struggling. Uh, someone needs to step up and 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 help us get organized. I as far as the defense goes, I'm sorry to interrupt. It's, no, please uh, go. Please do. Arigidi has impressed the hell out of me for a kid who's what he's 19 yeah but we've just not seen him because he had that one game where he had two great games or three great games in a row then he had a bad game against Blackburn Rovers I think it was when we lost 5-0 and he has not returned <laughs> to anywhere near the starting level since then uh, I don't know whether Monk maybe thought he did too much too soon with him but like you but uh, Tommy we all was singing his praises for those first two or three games then he had an awful game against Blackburn but then again the entire side did it seems almost unfair. Well, yeah, this. it wasn't his fault. Yeah. <laughs> so my point, or what I actually want to talk about, is 20 minutes uh, of Wednesday football that were positive. And, and that was basically at the beginning of Luton. After, after the penalty, we played about 20 minutes of football that were, uh, in my opinion, some of the best we've played. Obviously, we didn't score a goal. But uh, earlier this week and, and toward the end of last week, I was working on kind of a, a, an article or a piece to put on our website that was kind of a statistical analysis of, I, I guess, just Wednesday and how they compare to the league averages and a few different, well, a lot of different categories. And I scrapped it actually recently because I realized no one really cares about statistics right now. Our results are poor and <laughs> there's a bigger, a bigger problem. Yeah. <laughs> It's a bigger problem in the club than, than just our stats. Um, but anyway, w- within that research, I found that a, a couple spots where we we were doing okay uh, were our conversion rate on crosses and our chances from six yards or from inside the six yard box and inside the penalty area. <clears throat> in, in all of, the, of those categories, we were, uh, I think, like top ten, top nine in the league, um, and so. Part of the article was going to be a suggestion section, and one would be start feeding more crosses, start getting more chances inside the box because we're converting them when we get them. Uh, I know it sounds simple. There, there were more stats to back it up, etc. But um, I thought we did that very well. It was almost as if uh, Monk had done the same research because we were we were getting into the box, we were getting chances, we were passing. Another another big stat was um, short passes per match, and we weren't. We were, we were like lower third uh, in, in passes per match, short passes, that is. And that stat actually directly co- coincides with the top picks in the league. So uh, 
five of the top six teams in the category of short passes per match were in the top six of the, the table. And we were clearly were clearly not in the top six of the table and in the lower half of short passes. And I thought our short passing in that spell was, was good as well. Um, and I know I've, I've taken a long time to make the point. I guess my point is we showed glimpses of good football and clearly the lack of results from that short glimpse caused something to go awry. Um, and I'm wondering maybe if we have sort of an attitude problem we're not seeing results and when we don't see results we get down on ourselves really quickly and um just play like utter shit Can I, I want to pick up that point around short passes because i think what kieran lee and what, what kieran lee used to be good at was that link up play where he did short pass and runs pass and moves and brought in other parts of the team uh, he's been very anonymous in most of the games he's played for us this season, currently, which leads me to believe he's not. He's lost that extra bit of pace, lost a little bit of kind of uh, timing as well to some extent, and we're not seeing the Kieran Lee we all know and love um, in the limited time we've seen him. The player that was doing that role really well is Luongo, and Luongo has been injured for the last few games, so we've been and Hutchinson's disappeared off the face of the earth because we assume. Uh, Monk doesn't like him um, but Hutchinson's not that player either but essentially Luongo I think is a missing piece to this midfield now with Windass coming into it as well because I think Luongo would sit quite nicely behind Windass we could even do away with the whole Bannon and Pelopesi uh, combination which does not work whatsoever uh, and what you get there with uh, Windass what's the been so far and Luongo is a little bit more of this short passing, intricate play, bringing in the whole team together, than you get with, say, Bannon and Hutchinson, who just lump it long for the Hollywood ball all the time. And to be fair to Bannon, most of the time it's okay. He had a terrible game like, uh, later in, um, I think it was Luton had a bad game, but usually it's okay, Bannon, that. But what you're saying is we need to a bit more variation between these long balls. Uh, and bring in more of shot passing as well. And I think Luongo is the key to that. We've really missed him, I think, in the midfield. I I really think that it's showing that we are a little bit behind the times when we play too much kick and run. <clears throat> um, you see a lot of these, a lot of these long balls, especially once Big Dave comes in. You see him making the run up, and they make these big long balls, and it's, you know. Uh, Perhaps we should try to have a little bit more possession like we did in the first half of the season. I mean, the, the, the first half of the season, we had a lot of a lot of possession. It seemed seemed much more, at least watching it, it seemed much more of the tiki-taka, which was beautiful football. And then I don't know what's happened since then. Maybe it's the lack of confidence that that Gary Monk has in some of his key players and they've dropped off, but it's, it, it just seems like we're playing a lot of just roll it out, kick it up, get it up front and cross our fingers. I think we've got Let's the answer hope to that. Big Dave makes something happen. <laughs> I've got the answer <laughs> to that too. I've got all the, all the answers today. I think Fletcher is, a, is the biggest miss on that as well. So if, if you're lumping the ball up front, uh, Fletcher would bring it down, knock it off somebody, and then make a run. Or someone would have made a run while he's doing that knocking it off. We have, when we knock it long at the moment, it's going to new you or Wickham to some extent recently, um, and it's just not sticking. It's well, not, not I mean, the ball. Yeah, it did. yeah, but uh, uh, Fletch was there uh, against, you know, Stoke. <laughs> Fletcher's there against Cardiff. Fletcher's there against Hull. You know, and those are three matches that he played in that that we tried to play that, and it didn't it didn't work. Mm. And I think other teams have our number now. Yeah, you're it's right like, then, oh, yeah. let's just lob it into Fletcher, and he'll be fine. But meanwhile, the other teams are going to play. Their defense is going to play. Let's see who can kick Fletcher until they get a penalty. Yeah, that was. That was perfect, fellas. 
actually. I made a positive point. It turned negative, which is pretty much the week <laughs> of Wednesday, if you will. Um, so, so Tommy on here, it says you want to talk about Barry Bannon. That's a tale of two Bannons. Um, you know, against Barnsley, he was everywhere. He and he and Fessy both everywhere, all over the place. He, uh, I swear to God, they must have ran 20 miles each match against Barnsley, but against Luton, it, that's all I got to say. I mean, he just, it, it's, he didn't even, it's, they didn't, neither one of them showed up. It's, it's, yeah. No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think at one point in the match uh, against Luton, I even said to myself, like, have I even seen, is, is Bannon playing? I, I, I feel like th- there was so much, I don't know, I, I haven't really looked at stats, but there, there was so much possession from, uh, from some of the newer pieces like, like Windass and, um, oh, what's his name, Connor Wickham, some of those other guys uh, up top, and, and we didn't see Bannon a whole lot. Uh, Patty, did you notice that as well? Yeah, well, the whole team didn't show up. They did on uh, on Wednesday against Luton. Um, Bannon, we rely on so heavily to be that kickstart and that engine. And it, when he got mi- when he's got missing the pass, we haven't performed. It, it, we're such a one man team, and that's why I think uh, I'm coming around to the idea now that we need to remove him along with many others, uh, and start fresh and just not be so reliant on well, that that whole Carlos era crowd because they've the lost fact the will. Kieran Lee was playing center midfield and Barry Bannon was playing on the left and and I mean Fessy was playing what? Left wing back uh, apparently. Wing back all over the pitch. That's a wing back. It's Yeah, let's just take our st- I mean is is Gary Monk just uh, rolling the bones on where he's going to put anywhere anyone anywhere? It's like, oh, you know, Ati knew you. Let's put him in goal. What the hell? So. <laughs> right. I, I do appreciate that that Monk is trying other things. You know, we clearly placed an emphasis on bringing in offensive pieces. Um, we are incredibly top heavy as far as our roster makeup goes uh, and depth goes. And so if we're going to have all these offensive pieces, all these attacking pieces, I, I guess I'd at least like to see them on the, on the pitch to see what works and what doesn't. And, Clearly having, what was it, eight offensive players on the pitch at once. Um, prob- yeah, probably eight or seven offensive players on the pitch at once just uh, just didn't work. Uh, it'll be interesting to see coming out next, next match if he sticks with it or if he just says, wow, that was awful. We've got we've to gotta move on. But you'd hope, I mean, it's, it's kind of like getting all your new toys into a Christmas one to play with them all at once. Because, I mean, the excitement before Barnsley was that we we probably didn't expect him to go and play all the new kids at once. So, uh, obviously, Crew's got a game before that on his own. But to start, Windass, Wickham, 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 Crews, and also Forestieri bring him back too. It was kind of like, whoa, I've got all this new shit to play with. Let's pull them all on at once and see what happens. Um, and it didn't really work in either of the instances against Barnsley or Luton. Uh, I think each one of those players that I mentioned just then had their moments. Uh, I think uh, Cruz were pretty poor against Barnsley, but had a, f- a few good um, runs and touches against Luton, but nothing for a full game. Wickham had that fantastic run against Barnsley down the right-hand side where he just barged five players out of the way and then passed it to nobody in the centre of the, uh, the box. Um, Windass scored the goal and looked pretty um, kind of inventive and it was filling a role that we haven't had on that team for a very long time. Is that behind the number nine kind of attacking midfielder slot, and I thought that might work for us in the future if we get some support from the rest of the midfield, because we haven't had that good number kind of ten attacking midfielder that links up with uh, our striker. Uh, and then who else? Oh, Forestieri again shows glimpses of his brilliance uh, by a few nutmegs here and there, and a few fancy turns, and a few good crosses actually as well, but. Th- doesn't really make much of an impact uh, for the majority of the game. He'll do like five, ten minutes here and there. So all four of those players have potential to 
do well for us in the future. But when the rest of the team is shit in the bed, they don't stand a fucking chance. Um, so we, I think we need Luongo back. We need, um, uh, I think Murphy's been pretty strong as well uh, the last three or four games out of this entire shitty period of nine games where we've only won once. Murphy's actually been one of the players that's actually got better rather than worse. Uh, Kadeem Harris thought was a, a small shining light against Luton. When he came on, he kind of changed the game a bit. He had a shot on target, a good cross for Burner. He looks. If we can find a way to make him happen, he's got so much pace. Yeah, yeah. Watching watching him run is ridiculous. It's so much fun, and it, it seems like he will try as well. So for me, if I, if I was trapping aside Saturday, and we'll talk about this later on. Harris has got to be the first name on the on the on the sheet for me because he's the one that looks like he's trying and trying to make something happen and he's probably the most creative player we've got. Well, with that, we'll take a break. When we return, we're just going to talk about how we're feeling. It'll be a th- <laughs> hopefully a therapy or a therapeutic Is session. Valentine's Day, kind of how are we all feeling in this relationship? Kind of uh, chat. I'm so glad I got that psychology degree. <laughs> there you go. It's finally going to be listening. Confused. You're listening to Owls America, sponsored by Sheffield Wednesday. I follow live match streaming service. Welcome back to Owls America, episode 91. Hard to believe we're only a few episodes away from episode 100. Unfortunately, since we started this, things have not gotten better at Sheffield Wednesday. They've gotten worse. And so we're going to spend some time and just talk about how we're feeling about the club. First of all, for me, I'm feeling terribly frustrated, disappointed, annoyed. Um, I Honestly, just sick of the shitty performances. We're in third place, or we were in third place at Christmas. Now we sit in 12th. We're nine points from a playoff spot. Our manager doesn't think playoffs are realistic, and I think he's probably right. We're playing uninspired, and we've earned one point from matchups with two of the worst teams in the league. Uh, Second of all, I'm sick of our fans shouting Monk out all over social media because it's not, well, honestly, it's not just a few of them. It's a ton of them. Um, And after this many years of mediocrity, after four managers and a caretaker, if you really truly think a new manager is going to solve our issues, I think you're nuts. In 2016, we played in the playoff final. In 2017, we made the playoffs and lost in the first round. We finished worse in 2018. We finished worse in 2019, and we're probably not going to finish any better in 2020. Um, yesterday, we played five players that played in the final against Hall four years ago in the playoff. Um, two of our bench players from that final were also in the squad yesterday, so uh, that makes a total of seven. Seven players through four years of decline. And if you honestly think Monk is the problem, then I think you're part of the problem. Uh, we currently have an owner and chairman with no football background that is presumably in charge of footballing decisions. He gives into the pressures of fans and advisors who only have their own interests at in mind. He's overspent, he's gotten us into financial trouble, and now we're stuck in a rut holding on to players that we can't or don't care to play. Uh, we're losing money on just about every transfer we make. We're in 12th, but we're staring at a possible points deduction because of a stadium sale that whether legal or not, we never should have had to make in the first place. So we lack purpose, we lack direction, our players lack inspiration and desire, and most sadly, we just all lack hope. And... I'm sad. <laughs> Man, that's uh, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln. How was the play? <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great speech, man. I'm, I wish I recorded that. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, that's good, man. Uh, I think it really sums up like the fan base. Some some of the fan base. It does sound like we spend a lot of time with James uh, over the last uh, couple of years, and. Uh, I'm sure if he was on this uh, pod today, he would be uh, ringing the bell for a wholesale change. Uh, I'm going to offer a slightly different take on it, um, and it's 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 one that uh, our friend Dom in the WhatsApp group says occasionally. Um, 
and that's people have got promoted with bad owners and bad off the field um, decision making uh, because they've got lucky with a good manager and good players. Um, I agree with you, Evan, that we don't necessarily need, or we don't need to change the manager, uh, and I think we do need to change that squad of players that's left over from the playoffs. Uh, I think that's our number one priority right now. I think long term, yes, we need a better owner uh, that has a, a strategic plan for one year, three years, five years, ten years, um, and without that um, long term, we will be in the shit. However, I, I've said this before on the podcast, I don't think you need that for a short term to get to the Premier League. Because we said that over and over again on this podcast, this Championship League is not full of quality teams. It's full of dysfunctional teams like ourselves with their own problems that aren't playing that well uh, and somehow managed to rise to above sixth place. Uh, so, yes, we're in the shit. Long term, it looks a lot worse than short term, if I'm honest with you. Um, but there's still that glimmer of hope that we're not in a tough league. We're just a fucking mess right now. And I think with a clear out in the summertime, um, I'd give Monk the summer, if I'm honest with you. I would give him summer to rebuild the team in his in his shape, in how he wants to do it. Um, unless something ridiculous happens over the next two or three months uh, and he goes completely nuts. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> working with a set of players might send you nuts in the first place. Um, but I'd still stick with the manager. I'd clear out the team. Uh, or at least that call that we mentioned from the playoffs. And see what happens after that. And see if we can get rid of this fucking curse of the the Carlos leftovers. I um I, I guess so so what you said, you know, the, the the league isn't very good and we we shouldn't give up hope for for the playoffs, right? And and I think I think that's a fair thing to say. I will say, however, that I understand there's still some time left, but we're getting about to the point where we've got to make a very solid run to get ourselves some points and get ourselves into that uh, four through through eight range, I suppose. Um, now, things are pretty tight. We're, we're nine points. Nine? Six? Nine? Seven? We're seven points from a playoff spot, um, I believe. And nine. Every okay, nine. So, so every year there, there's at least one team in the playoff that has just kind of a roller coaster of a season. And why not us? Sure, but again, we are getting to that point where we really have to turn it around, and it's really hard to see to see a clear path on how we're going to get it turned around. I suppose. I didn't mean we're going to make the playoffs this year. I really don't think that's going to happen at all. Uh, I just mean that I think we're not like a million miles away from making it next year if we recruit well in the summer and get rid of the players that are dragging us down. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs this year. I think that uh, with or without the play, uh, the point deduction from the EFL, we will be mid-table. Uh, it's as simple as that. We just, I just think... <laughs> I don't know how... Monk can turn the mentality of these players around in the time we have left in this season. Um, and the only option is just to get rid of those players. I think we'll be lucky to me to be upper mid table. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm a happy clapper to the end and, Oh yeah, we're only X amount of points from here and X amount of points from here, but we're going against teams that are still, spending Premier League money. You got Swansea still spending that, that they're still sitting on Premier League money. Um who knows if Cardiff is still sitting on Premier League money. Um 
And, uh, I mean, Forrest has recruited really, really well. These are the people that were fighting for the sixth spot. I think Preston is an anomaly. I don't think that they're 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 going to be in the playoffs. Uh, it's it's all these all these teams that have way better. Pardon my pausing here, but it's not a pregnant pause. Um, they have way better recruiting. They have more stability, it seems, than we do. I mean. You just mentioned how many managers we've had. It's right. I'm, I'll be happy to make out of relegation. <laughs> so, Tommy, let's say we're we're in the championship next year. Uh, we spend a summer recruiting and and also you know shedding some weight. Uh, I don't need specific player names on on who's coming in, but. Um, you know, what's what's this club look like to you at the start of next championship season if you had if you had it your way well I mean now I, I gotta plead ignorance on Gary monk's past so if he knows how to how to bring players in if Shansiri will let him shed other players if the EFL will not dock us more money for some other bullshit speaking from a completely American standpoint. Um, then yeah, we've got enough money. We've got enough core. We've got enough youth that we could absolutely fight for top six next year. If monk does it right. And if he can't then get rid of him. And Patty, what do you think uh, as far as maybe some players that, that we should get rid of and, and some new positions we need to bring in for next year? Um, I would clear out most of that center midfield. So I'd allude to Bannon, Pelopesi, Kieran Lee. I'd clear out Tom Lees. Um, I would clear out uh, Forestieri. Um, obviously, he was showing sparks, but I just feel like we never really solved... Forestieri as a player and what we would do with him and I, th I don't think we've got the time to uh, resolve that um, I would clear out Westwood um, before he loses his value oh, he's, he's always going, he's, I think uh, he's out of contract I think um, I'd clear out New Year, I'd clear out Winall, I'd clear out Rhodes I, I, there's not many I'd keep <laughs> I mean we've got Wickham Cruz and Windass on loan so Assuming out of those three, we maybe might have a chance of signing Windass. Uh, and I would like to keep him what I've seen so far. Uh, in defence, I'd keep Ayofa and Burner. I'm not, I'm not too fussed about whether we lose Palmer or Fox. I think they're decent championship fullbacks. Um, I'm not going to put them on the champion like everybody else, but I, my, my key for me is oh, Adam Reach, he can fuck off too. Um, Arigiri? Sorry? Arigiri? Arigiri can stay around. He's probably getting like two grand a week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Murphy and Harris. Murphy's on loan, right? Uh, he can go back. Harris, I'll keep. Um, yeah, there's not many, mate. Um, Just keep Hutch around for the leg breakers. I still keep Hutch around, but apparently there's rumors of him being a bad team player, so... It's not what I see on the pitch, but apparently he gets dropped by every single manager that comes in. So alarm bells are there for Hutch, unfortunately. Um, uh, but that's it. Yeah, I just it's, it's that it's that core, isn't it? It's the Westwood Lee's Bannon core, Fletcher to some extent. I don't think I'll keep him any longer because he's too old now. Uh, get rid of it, strip it out, build a new spine. What's spinal well, surgery called? What's that? What's that surgery called? We need spinal surgery. Yeah, I think it's called spinal surgery. <laughs> uh, Thanks, perhaps Doc. back surgery. <laughs> um, well, you, the listener, tell us what you think. Tweet us at Owls Americas, uh, and, and you can also find us on Facebook and and write on there just what you think the the club should look like next year. Who should go? Who should come in? What positions? Do we need bolstered? Um, but with that, 
we'll move on to our match previews section. And we've got Reading at home. And Reading are a team that's, I would say, probably underperforming at 16th in the table. They've had a bad run of form. Very similar to us, actually. They haven't won in five, five matches. They've lost two of those and, and drawn three. And of course, we've lost three and drawn two. Um, Reading, they're, they're a boring side. I mean, there's not really much else to say. They did win against Cardiff in uh, an FA Cup match uh, recently. But, you know, past that, they scored 38 league goals, which is right there in the middle of the pack. Wednesday have scored 41. Um, I don't know. Patty, you know, do you have anything to say other than we might see Lucas Zhao? Um, once again, uh, the other thing I've got to say is something that the uh, Reading manager uh, mentioned today. I think it was that said that he's confident that uh, Reading can bounce back with a win against Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> I was like, of course you're confident. Everyone does that. <laughs> we are the uh, famous Sheffield Wednesday that gives teams a leg up when they're doing bad, when they're in bad forms, a bad form. Uh, so, I mean, they're feeling confident because they're seeing what horrible state we're in. Um, I mean, as bad as their form has been, we are the worst uh, team in the form table right now. After nine games, uh, we are rock bottom, uh, even below teams like Leeds, who apparently are falling apart. Uh, so if they're falling apart, I think we are disintegrating. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, it's a bleak time. I, I If we don't get at least a draw at home to Reading, then I fear for the worst at Hillsborough on Saturday um, because these fans have watched some dire performances of late and they are at their wits end um, we've already started chanting you're not fit to wear the shirt at Luton um, there was booze at the Barnsley game because I was there at the Barnsley game it was uh, pretty bad at the end of that game too um, it's the tide's turning and the fans don't really care for this team anymore. <laughs> so they will not hold back if we don't put a performance in on uh, Saturday against Reading. And in case you're unfamiliar with Reading's lineup, uh, as far as scores go, they've got one with seven goals this season, George Puskas. Not familiar with him. Uh, but past that, Joao and John Swift, or excuse me, Swift, each have five goals, and somebody called Yakumite has five. John Swift has actually been really good this season. He's got um, five goals, nine assists, and on whoscored.com, he has one of the highest ratings for any championship player uh, this season. Um, so, uh, Tommy, for you, what, what's uh, what's the lineup look like when we take the field Saturday? Take the oh, pitch. Um, I mean... Bannon has got to be in central midfield because, I mean, who the hell else are we going to put him there? I mean, it's uh, up front. Um, you know what? Who the fuck knows? Gary Monk is he's an anomaly. And, you know, it's if it were up to me that it's. Now, you know what? I think it's a very fair answer to say who the heck knows. <laughs> it's I think it's gonna, my French, by the way. I think he's going to bang on the door. Of, he's got to keep Wickham in there, obviously, I think. Um, uh, I think he... I hope he doesn't try the the three at the back again at home, because that, I think, would immediately start the fans off on the, back, on, on the bad... Uh, on the wrong foot, so to speak. Uh, he should go back to 4 2 He should drop Tom Lees. He should keep Wickham up front and Windass behind him. I would reinstate Kadeem Harris, and I would I'd instate, reinstate Murphy over De Cruz. Um, the problem we have is who partners. Oh no, that's not a problem, is it? We've got Windass and Bannon in the midfield, and then it's a flat four-four-two, pretty much. Maybe maybe Bannon stays back and Windass supports Wickham up front, and then I don't know if Fox is coming to fit soon. I'd, I hope he is. But if not, I'd go Liam Palmer at left back. I offer a right back. Um, and then it'd have to be... Oh, God, that would mean Leeds, wouldn't it? David Bates. David, yeah, being David yeah. Bates in for <laughs> a league debut. Um, all right, I, put, I offer him Burner at centre-half and pay Irigidi at right back. 
just to avoid playing Tom Lees. It is strange that we haven't seen David Bates yet, um, but we're not even going to get into it. Um, let's move on. In any other business, does anyone have any positive news? I know, Tommy, you were telling us a story before about something cool that you uh, that you came across recently. Yes, I recently came across a uh, a program from uh, when Sheffield Wednesday defeated. Manchester United in the League Cup, and uh, it was the last time we got a little silverware. And I came across that, and I sent it back to England because I figured it belonged there. Um, I was thinking about bringing it to New Orleans just to kind of show off and around, but I have no idea how much beer would have been spilled on it. So I decided to just go ahead and ship it back before anything happened to it. Um, I've well, found this in basically being thrown in the dump in South Carolina, Charleston, America. Uh, yes. And you saved it from the dump. That's that's a pretty weird place to find that program. Uh, <laughs> yeah, considering how many people were stunned by it. And uh, the gent that I sent it back to was actually at the match. Uh, he had brought his son and his infant grandson also. That was the first Wednesday match that his grandson had been to. So uh, that was it was it was pretty cool that I could send that back to him and he could show that off and and give it to his son who can give it to his grandson and you know that was the first match I was at that was the first time we'd won silverware when I was with my dad that kind of thing yeah, yeah that's fun. awesome that's cool hey, Patty how about uh, how about some meetups for this weekend we are I mean against our better judgment we are meeting up in New York again um, in the football factory. Uh, there'll be a few of us down there drinking away the misery. Uh, Jamie will be back at Finn McCool's, I believe, on Saturday. And I believe we've also got Stephen Peck uh, in Indiana at the uh, Main View Inn. It's been a while since I said those words. We may be at Majorua in Somerville, South Carolina, but I'm still deciding whether or not I want to buy that match. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, Patty, how about a national meetup update? Anything new on that front? Yeah, so um, first of all, thanks to everyone who's RSVP'd. We have got around 40 of us uh, uh, signed up for the New Orleans national meetup. If this is the first time you're hearing about this, we are organizing a national meetup in New Orleans of Wednesday fans for the Derby County match uh, on the 29th of February. You still have just over two weeks to book your flights and join us. Uh, I know... The prospect of watching Sheffield Wednesday right now is not the—it's <laughs> quite a hard sell. Uh, but you will have myself there. You will have Tommy there. You will have James Allen there. You'll have Paul Owen, our designer, who's on the podcast occasionally. You will have a number of New York owls there, a number of New Orleans owls, and owl fans from across the Americas. Uh, It's—we've got a great agenda planned. We're going to um, have drinks on the Friday, a bit of tabas. And then meet up on the Saturday morning, 9 a.m. for the match. We then got um, a crawfish boil at uh, 12 p.m. Uh, on Saturday. We've got a very authentic uh, New Orleans thing to do. We're going to someone's backyard and we have a big crawfish boil, a big party back there. And then, of course, uh, we shall party along Bourbon Street Saturday night, uh, all in our blue and white colors, of course. So there's going to be uh, a party, regardless of what happens in the Derby County game. Uh, and it's still. Plenty of time for you guys to uh, sign up if you haven't joined us already. Uh, flights to New Orleans uh, are, I would say, averagely priced. I wouldn't say it's cheap. <laughs> but it's uh, it's an awesome place, awesome pipe place. It's going to be great. Um, and it's all sewn up now. We've got all the agenda planned. We've got T-shirts made. Um, and it's just getting there now. Two weeks' time. Can't wait. Actually, two weeks today I'll be there because I'm flying out Thursday. Well, we're driving. You're driving? I'm driving. by that from Charleston, yeah. Is that what, You're going to stop off in Birmingham for the night, How long Birmingham, take, Alabama, yeah. and then try to recruit some more Wednesdayites, <laughs> make some more new ones, and bring them to New Orleans. <laughs> boy. How long did that drive take you, Tommy? Uh, about uh, 12 to 14 hours. Oh, shit. It's way longer than I thought it would be. My geography is terrible. Well, welcome to America. Patty <laughs> <laughs> uh... thought Vancouver and Vancouver Island were the same thing, so... Uh... 
Yeah, he I actually had a discussion uh, with a friend of mine who is a, a Sheffield Wednesday supporter, and uh, he, he he asked me, he's he's like, oh, I'm flying to New York. Why don't you come visit me just for the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> and I told him that the distance between Charleston and New York is the same as driving from Sheffield to Vienna. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. When I first well, with York, that. Sorry, when I, when I first moved to New York, uh, my friends all arranged to go to Vegas uh, for some reason or other, like a month after I landed in New York. So I said, yeah, yeah, I'll just get a flight there. I'll come over for the weekend. And I got over it. It's like, hang on, it's five hours, that flight. <laughs> How can a flight in the same country still be five hours long? Um, so, yeah, I didn't go to Vegas the weekend I landed in New York. But um, it's a big place, apparently, America. Still learning. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> Well, with that, you've been listening to episode 91 of the Owls AmeriCast, brought to you by Sheffield Wednesday's I Follow Live Match streaming service. Sign up at swfc.co.uk slash iFollow. You can find us online at owlsamericas.com. You can email us at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas, and, well, also on Facebook at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites, Reverend and the Makers. Our podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There is no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume Al's AmeriCast, we ask that you please rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Patty is on Twitter at Patty A. Jones and at New York Al's and Patty. Do you know a number for a good therapist? <laughs> uh, mate, just give me a call. If you don't want to chat, just just give me a call. Thank you. Thank you. Tommy, why don't you tell us where people can find you on Twitter? Well, if you look at Palmetto Owls, and by the way, I just bought a flag. I just <laughs> nice. had one commissioned, which I'm hopefully bringing to uh, New Orleans. Yes, do it. Because the low country is ours. But yeah, you can find me at... Coach Tom W E D, or just look for Palmetto Owls. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. <laughs> we'll see you back here next week. Uh-huh.